Hi everyone, it's Abby Amy out here with Dr. John Bell from Welsh Presbyterian Church in Denver, Colorado. This is Tabletop Theology, a lighthearted conversation about serious topics. Hi, John. Hello, Abby. How are you? I'm good. It's our last how Tabletop. Your, how was your luncheon? Oh, it was good. I went to my first restaurant in a year. I sat outside in the nice warm Colorado weather today. This is We're recording on Wednesday. I think tomorrow's supposed to be colder, so on Wednesday. Uh, but it was lovely. How was your lunch? Um, I made a homemade quesadilla, so pretty, pretty bland. But um, as you noted, this is our, our, last, yeah. our last tabletop theology. Uh, Abby has taken a job in the private sector. She's getting the big bucks and we, <laughs> uh, she's finishing a master's and uh, congratulations to you. We've had a great run here at Welsher and we will miss you badly. Abby's not going anywhere really. She's gonna live in the neighborhood remain a member at Welsher and after a certain period of time, come back as a the volunteer we know that she can be, but Abby, it's been fun. And I thank you for your uh, contributions to Welsher's ministry over the last few years. Thank well, thank you. you. And I'm glad you're gonna keep tabletop going. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be in a different format. It won't be um, me being interviewed by a much smarter person like yourself, but, uh, I, I will I'll be the interviewer and I'm going to get uh, my theologian friends to zoom in and ask them some hard questions and we'll see how it goes. This was modeled on drunk history, mm -hmm. uh, although we've never been drunk. <laughs> I don't have anything to drink. <laughs> but we like the conversation aspect. It was modeled on drunk history, uh, which we're both a fan of. but. Uh, uh, Hopefully we can keep the dialogue going. It'll be interesting. And uh, it could be that this has been a pandemic thing and you know people will uh, push it aside when the pandemic's over, but it's it's been good. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I think it, it really has been so much fun. And I'm excited today because we're gonna talk about what got me wanting to start these conversations in the very first yes, place. Yes, yes. But first I wanna, I haven't done this yet, but let me introduce to you my little sidekick over here, Ruthie. Sure. Hi. Uh, she's often with me, and I just haven't put her on camera yet. But um, Ruthie, Ruth in the Bible, she named that for Ruth in the Bible, which means companion in Hebrew. And um, I have two daughters who are big art RBG fans. Um, and then my daughter's college roommate was named Ruthie. And whenever she wanted to get off the phone, she said, Well, gotta go. Here comes Ruthie. So uh, Ruthie's a legend. She's been great. She's right here. So I just wanted to introduce her on our, our last. I know. I know. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about what got us started on this. So I've always wanted to talk about the weird, wacky, crazy stories in the Old Testament. Okay. That are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. The verse that got me started, and I'm going to read it because we don't read enough Bible around here, is Genesis 6, verse 4. The Nephilim were on the earth on those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went into the daughters of humans who bore children to them. These were the heroes that were of old, warriors of renown. Is that Hercules, John? <laughs> <laughs> well... Gosh, so much to say. Um, 
No, not Hercules precisely, but uh, th that particular, uh, we call it a pericope, sets up the story of Noah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the point of that little vignette is essentially to say how bad things were, which is why God had to save us, you know, through the flood and through Noah and, and through that covenant. So those few verses really set up um, how difficult things were. Now, um, what, what you pointed out is the Bible is a great book. It's an ancient book. <laughs> I mean, it is thousand, you know, these, uh, at best, these stories were written down around the time of Solomon uh, mm -hmm. or canonized around the time of Solomon, which is 3,000 years ago. Um, but they, they're talking about events that were thousands of years before that. They were told in oral traditions. And oral traditions mean, you know, that um, people sitting around a campfire, you know, at night saying, hey, this is, this is how this story happens. So, and you know how it is with, uh, with storytelling. A, it has to be interesting and captivating. Uh, B, as, as our staff lunches go, each story has to be better than the last one. So, uh, or, or more um, interesting and wild. So these stories develop that way. And when we talk about the Nephilim, um, they were giants or warriors or um, bullies, mm. you know, Vikings from the, from the East to come or, you know, um, just uh, so you can see how over thousands of years around a campfire, these Nephilim would grow in stature. And that's that's how that's how these stories came to be. So, were there literally Nephilim giant men walking the face of the earth? Um, you you can make that decision for yourself. But I can tell you that that that's how the Bible stories came into focus. I mean, the story of Jericho is clearly greatly exaggerated in its in its current form. Mm -hmm. Uh, Job is is not a truthful story in the in the narrative sense. It's a it's a myth, which tells truth. It didn't happen the way we you know the the way it's laid out to be. So, some understanding of the way the Bible came into being is important in terms of interpreting it. But I think it's kind of sorry. Yeah. No, you're you're on. Well, I think it's kind of interesting because at least growing up, I did not read the Bible in its epic form. Like I didn't think of them in the same way that I think of the Odyssey or the Iliad. Like these mythologies kind of came about in a similar way of truth in story. And there's a lot of connections with the stories in the Jewish Bible and some of these other myths and epics. For example, the flood shows up in other mythologies as well. Um, so I just think that's kind of an interesting 
perspective to keep in mind, because especially the Old Testament for me as a, as a Christian can be one of the most difficult to read. It feels very violent and hard and epic. <laughs> it feels like I'm watching an action movie and I don't really love the gods the star of this action movie a lot of the time. Um, so I think it kind of gives some beauty in that. Um, that there's a, a, couple, a couple of things, you've triggered a couple of things in my mind. First of all, no one was there at the beginning on the, at creation with a video camera. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to me, it's like the story of your life or my life. Um, I don't remember my birth. I don't remember being two. What I know is what people tell me about mm -hmm. it, uh, what people remember. And, you know, my mom's memory, my dad's memory, my sister's memories are not always accurate. They're, they're twinged by emotion, by who I became. And, you know, for example, um, when I was confirmed in, in church, Apparently, uh, a light came through one of the cathedral windows and shined on me. And so when I became a minister, one of my neighbors said, oh, I knew he was going to be a minister when the light shined on him in confirmation. I mean, that's a great story. And I, I think it's fun to tell. Is it, is it literally accurate? You know, probably not. What if I become a doctor or, you know, I don't, I don't think the person thought on that day I'd become a minister. Just you know, later he added up all those things in his mind. So I think the Bible's like that. I mean, you know, by the time we get to Solomon, David, um, they're, they're looking back and mm -hmm. saying, how did we get here? How did we, you know, how did we come through all these thousands of years of history to get to this point? And it's, it's an interpretive history to look back and um, do that. So the, the Nephilim, which you, you like, uh, the giants. They're so interesting, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Roam the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly set up the story of Noah. So mm -hmm. that, that's, what's, that's how you start the story of Noah. And that's what's important about it, not, not the fact that there were giants or bullies or warriors on the earth, Mad Max, maybe. Yeah, I know. That's kind of what it, it feels like. And I think that idea of stories to make sense of the world is something humans in all cultures and civilizations have always done. I mean, the Egyptian gods, the Greek gods, these all were to make sense of the time in which they were living. And so I think that there's beauty in that. I mean, that doesn't take away from the value, particularly of Jesus in the New Testament by any means. I think it creates more value of this human interaction with God and this, how they're making sense of the world around them, which is, and some of them might've happened exactly as they're written too, I suppose. Co correct. I'm not ruling out a literal interpretation. I just, I just think it's important to understand how the Bible mm -hmm. came into being. Um, and the other thing is the rising understanding of monotheism, monotheism, um, you know, there were lots of gods, lots of um, statues, um, lots of golden calves, lots of bronze statues, 
um, that people worshiped. And, you know, the Ten Commandments said, you shall have no other gods, no other gods before me. It doesn't say I'm the only God. It says, mm -hmm. you know, it acknowledges that there are other gods, small g even, um, no other gods before me. So the important thing is to put Yahweh, our God, the God we know in Jesus first, but it doesn't discount the fact that there are rivals mm -hmm. to our loyalty in that thing. So idol worship, um, putting putting uh, golden calves out there. Um, gold statues of other things. <laughs> gold statues. Last one, I can make those jokes. <laughs> well, you're, you're leaving the program. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, in, in worshiping those kinds of things, uh, putting people on pedestals, uh, clearly that's wrong, but there's a human tendency to do it and to keep Yahweh, our God, primary is always the challenge. It was in Genesis, it is now. And uh, there's, there's something about the human tendency to, to sin with idolatry, which is uh, such a big deal in the Old Testament. So again, your story sets that up. Um, talks about the sons of God, in fact. With a capital know, G in this NRSV. I think, yeah, I didn't reread it, but sons of God and God decided to withdraw and you know set a human limit of 120 years. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's very a weird passage. I guess uh, COVID didn't hit that time yet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's a really strange passage, but there are lots of strange passages mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. I mean, the prophets are really weird, if you really... And I, I kind of love that a lot of the stories, even the stories of Jesus, seem to be in direct contradiction to other stories of the day. I think of like, so I'm, I'm ripping off of a person I follow on Instagram who was writing about some of these things, which is really interesting, but like Jesus walking on water in direct comparison to like Poseidon, like these are the, you know, he is taking over where other stories, gods have traditionally been in charge. Um, even like turning water into wine that was associated with another Greek God at the time. Like, I just think this is a really interesting thing that essentially a lot of these stories are just setting apart Yahweh and setting apart Jesus from the little G's around them in that time. Uh, that's correct. And you're also correct that there are lots of parallel stories, Poseidon, water, um, that, uh, that parallel the stories in the Bible. And I say parallel, I mean, the elements of the universe are there and, you know, there's a God, there are forces, mm -hmm. and how to understand that. But... Um, and that's interesting stuff, I think, but the important part is thou shalt have no other gods mm -hmm. before Yahweh or Jesus, and uh, nothing can come between us. N nothing mm -hmm. in all creation can separate us from that love. So, you know, to me, the Bible, and I think that's where you and I are both coming from, the Bible is primary, the Bible is... Um, ultimate uh, nothing we've said in these past few months has been undercutting the authority of the bible in our lives uh, but to treat it with respect and to treat it with uh, 
an understanding of what it actually is. Uh, to take it literally all the time is, is not, in my opinion, treating it with respect. <laughs> it's, it's like treating it lightly. And uh, because the it's a, it's a really rich book and uh, tells some tremendous stories. It's informed by the world and cultures. And uh, I just, I just love it. <laughs> That's such a nice way to end it because it is. I mean, it's a little bonkers and a little little crazy at some points, but it really is beautiful. And and just like a lot of the way that we make sense of God is a little crazy and a little bonkers, but also beautiful. So Abby, what is your favorite Bible story? Oh my spot? goodness. Um, so I know this is very stereotypical as a woman, but I love the story of Esther. I think that's really beautiful. It's my Old Testament story. And the New Testament, um, I love... Uh, the woman who touched Jesus's cloak to be healed. Ooh. I think it's just a very beautiful vision of Jesus in that one. So it's my favorite. Huh. What's your favorite story in the Bible, John? Depends on the day. You um, can't say an Easter story. Depends on the day. Um, I'm very much biased by what you just said because um, I've been to Israel a number of times and one of my favorite things to do is go on the boat on mm -hmm. the Sea of Galilee. And so uh, the stories surrounding the Sea of Galilee probably are my favorite. The walking on the water, the stilling of the storm, mm -hmm. uh, the fishing with the nets full, cast out the other side. All, all that, uh, all those stories are probably my favorite simply because of my experience in, mm -hmm. in the Holy Land. Well, it's nice, I guess, if it's, I haven't been to Israel, so I haven't had that experience, but I imagine feeling a bit more tangible is very nice. Well, you'll have to sign up to go. I think, yes. I think we'll go another year and a half. That's what will, you, will it start another pandemic? Because that seemed to have some <laughs> Save your shekels. Okay, that sounds you'll, good. You'll be a for-profit job. You'll be making money hand over fist. Just be ready to go all, all the, the trips. <laughs> perfect well thank you john it's been a fun ride i think we have like 28 episodes total so oh, go us oh. we do a lot um and this has been really fun i can't wait to see as a viewer what happens next okay well thank you abby thank you and thank I'll, you all for watching you. i'll see you for lunch tomorrow lunch tomorrow bye thanks bye